reading from chapter 18 of the prophet Jeremiah, beginning with the first verse. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Come, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, working at his wheel. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done? Says the Lord. Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. At one moment, I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it. But if that nation, concerning which I have spoken, turns from its evil, I will change my mind about the disaster that I intended to bring on it. And at another moment, I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it. But if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will change my mind about the good that I had intended to do to it. Now therefore, say to the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Thus says the Lord, Look, I am a potter shaping evil against you and devising a plan against you. Turn now, all of you, from your evil way, and amend your ways and your doings. But they said, It is no use. We will follow our own plans, and each of us will act according to the stubbornness of our evil will. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, most people when they read this lection, they leave verse 12 out. And when it was listed last week for you to read this week, verse 12 wasn't in it. But as I read this text this week, I said, you know, that's kind of the point of this text. Is that these people were so committed to their own way and their own way of being that they wouldn't listen to how God wanted them to be. And oh Lord, don't we all just have that problem repetitively in our lives? I know that God doesn't want me to be angry, and yet sometimes I find myself being angry. I know that God doesn't want me to have vulgar thoughts, and every once in a while one pops in my head, and I think, what in the world? I feel like Paul, I want to scream, I know the good I should do, but it's not the good I do, it's the other stuff I don't want to do that I do, or think, or say. Somebody won't move at the red light, and they just sit there, and sit there, and sit there. It turns, it's been green for five minutes, Pam. Move! right? The arrow's turning yellow. Move! And then you're honking the horn. You check and see if you got your collar on. You don't want them to see you honking with a collar. Stubbornness is at the root of this story. A stubborn, unyielding person that won't give in to the hands of God is a useless person. There I said it. God still loves them. I know everybody out there today talking about, oh, God accepts everyone and God doesn't judge. But God does judge. It's in the book. And that's the point of the little clay thing just falling apart in his hands. But the beautiful part is that God picks the clay up again and fixes it. Did you see that? It wasn't 
the point that the clay was spoiled on the wheel. The point was that the potter began making another vessel as it seemed good to him. That God responds to human stupidity. How many of you have ever dug a hole in clay? Anybody? Show of hands. Come on, play with the preacher here. Sermon will be shorter if you play with me. Anybody? Lift them up. Dug a hole in clay. All right. How many of you have dug a hole in sand? If you've done both, both hands. All right, people with two hands up. Keep your hands up. Everybody else, put your hands down. Was it easier to dig in sand or clay? Let's hear it. Sand. Clay is the most stubborn soil in the history of the world, other than rocks. You can dig in a rock easier than clay because you can put dynamite in a rock and control how it blows up. Put dynamite in clay, you get a mess. There's no controlling it. The bubble just moves wherever it wants to go. I grew up with two kinds of clay in my life. Red clay in my grandmother's yard over in Quiet Acres, and yellow clay in the area that I lived in. We call it bull tallow. Some people call it blackjacks. Y'all heard that before? It's a nasty mess. There's nothing good about it. You get your truck stuck in it, you ain't never getting out. You might as well bury it. It's nasty. Clay is a stubborn, 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 stubborn soil. But through the patience of a potter, it can be shaped into something beautiful. If you just leave clay in the riverbanks like the ancient Catawbas who lived here where we left, it's useless. But if you dig it out, you can shape it into something beautiful and run it through fire and improve it and make it perfect and wonderful. But oh, if the clay won't yield to the hand, what do you do? Well, most potters throw that clay away and get new clay. But not the potter that Jeremiah saw. That potter keeps working with the clay and makes it into a vessel as seemed good to him. There's a message in that for us. There's really all kinds of messages in it. I, I just rolled back and forth with several. One of the things that I noticed is that God made another vessel out of clay we call Jesus. The first vessel God made out of clay was when he scooped from the earth and made the person Adam, whoever that first person was. God formed him from the dust of the ground. Remember that story from Sunday school? Told you Sunday school was worthwhile. And then Paul says God formed another man, the second Adam, Jesus. I think that's because the clay spoiled on the first man. Sin and death came into the world. And so God created another vessel that seemed good to Him to take our destruction on Himself. But then what did God do after that clay spoiled in His hands? He raised it from the dead and remade it. Wherever you go with this metaphor, there's hope in it. But the hope rests in us in some small, particular, meaningless way? Are we so stubborn that we won't yield to the hands of a God who loves us? Are we so broken and stubborn that we'll insist on our way? Verses 1-11 through 11 offer a beautiful picture of God shaping and working in the world and a, just a threat of really... Beautiful things that can happen. Because sometimes being told that we can be better than we are is a threat. Because we think that that means that what we are now isn't good enough. And that's not God's point. God's point is that we can be what God wants us to be. But are we so stubborn that we won't yield to the potter's hand?
And then I thought about another thing. Sometimes people can be convinced that they're so broken and ugly, so hurt from the world, that they're beyond reshaping. If I invite you to see yourself as the clay on a potter's wheel, spinning in the wheel in the hands of the potter, some of you will see yourselves as a beautiful piece of china already decorated and on your grandmama's cabinet door. And some of you will see yourselves as a lump of clay that just needs to be thrown away. That not even God could reshape me. I was doing something one day out in the little shop over there. Y'all cross your fingers. Here we go with technology. Did it go? Nope. Told you, Pam. Pam and I were in here earlier today and we were making sure this would work. And you know what? It just quit. It says, make sure Keynote is open on iPad and your devices are on the same Wi-Fi network. Well, they weren't just an hour ago. What if I walk across the room and do this? And I want you to watch this. I'm going to narrate it for you because the sound on it was horrible. For a while I was making these boxes. And... I quit making them because I was tired of having them piled up in my office. So I'm only making them now when somebody wants one. But as I was going through the poplar that they had in stock at Lowe's, I found that piece. And you see that nasty thing in it there? That black pit? What I think that is, is I think that's where an insect got into the tree and caused damage to the tree. And then some kind of fungus or bacteria or something got into the tree and caused it to rot inside. Those are called voids. They're called checks and things like that. And I'm surprised that that ever left the lumber mill. Because most of the time they'll discard that because after all, nobody wants a piece of poplar in their house that's got a nasty pit in it, right? And I was looking at that thing in Lowe's, that piece of wood that used to be about this long and about that wide and about a quarter of an inch thick. And when I pulled it out of the slat, I saw the damage and I thought, man... I don't want that one. Nobody will buy that piece. But then when I looked at it again, I thought, you know, that can be something beautiful. And I said, what if I made that the top and that little piece of damage became the part that attracts people to the box? Wouldn't it be cool if somebody saw that and said, wow, that's beautiful how you made that out of a piece of broken wood. And so I decided to make a box, not with a tiger paw on it or a dragon or a mermaid or any of the other things that I had made, I decided just to make a box with a piece of imperfect wood in it to see if that would be beautiful. And here's what's happened. I built the box and as I'm fitting the lid to it, it takes a little while. I do it with sandpaper and make sure it's going to slide good and fit nice and it's going to all work together and line up and all the grooves are going to be tight. And I'm holding that lid and I'm shaping that thing in my hand and I heard the Spirit of God say to me, David, as broken as you are, as imperfect as you are, if you can take something that somebody else would throw away, if you can take something that's broken and diseased and imperfect and make something beautiful out of it, what makes you think I can't do the same with you? And that was God's message to the Israelites through Jeremiah. What makes you think I can't make you beautiful and wonderful just like me?
God wants them to know. What makes you think you can't be shaped by my hands? And so God calls on them to yield. To just be clay. To yield themselves into God's hands so that God can shape them as He see fit. To shape them into a community of love and life and laughter and joy and hope. And what did they say? Away with you, man. We got our plans. Wow. It couldn't possibly have been a mystery for them what God wanted them to be. And God invites them, turn now from your evil ways, amend your doings, amend your ugliness, turn away from what you are. And become what I can make you be because God can turn the vilest and ugliest into something beautiful. Doesn't mean our scars will go away. It just means that God can make them good. That piece of wood will always wear the scar of whatever attacked it. That tree has been cut down and processed probably for 10 years before it ever got to me. But now it sits on a mantelpiece in my office to remind me that God can make anything beautiful. Whether it's the damage after a hurricane, the damage after a divorce, the damage after idolatry, adultery, whatever it is that we might feel separates us and makes it impossible for God to reform us. God's word to us through the prophet Jeremiah today is watch me work. Yield yourself into my hands. Hopefully our answer will not be theirs. We will follow our own plans. Church, Someone might look at us and say, what can little old Adna ever be but what it is now? How in the world could a small congregation change its community? How could a small congregation set the world on fire? In the same way that clay is made into a beautiful vase. Submitting and yielding itself to the hands of the potter. Into the hands of the living God. Don't be stubborn, church. Don't be like that bad clay. Yield yourself to the work of God in your life. Consciously do that. Remind yourself that life is not about what you want but about who God would have you be in Christ. Because in Christ, we are all being changed and remade. And even our ugliest scars, even those places that are left in us by rot and decay, can become beautiful in the hands of the living God. Amen.